Storygram Network. The content and products discussed in this program have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, nor are they intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Any decisions made around your health should be discussed with your health practitioner. Welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Morgan, Health and Human Potential Master Coach and Edutainment Curator. I started Body Talk over a decade ago in order to achieve my mission of educating and inspiring millions to a healthier way of living. Body Talk Radio is more than just a radio show. It's your gateway to information and education relevant to today's most important health topics. Delivered by top thought leaders, influencers, and world changers in the health and human potential space. If you love great health talk, listen in and join the community. Get educated, get inspired, and become a healthier you. Hello, everyone. It's Friday, 2 o'clock. I'm so glad you're joining me today. And we do have quite a few people joining us today. I think that uh, our guest, Jolene Brighton, Dr. Jolene Brighton, uh, has a lot of fans. So I'm excited that uh, you're all here with us today. And I'm super excited to hear from Dr. Brighton. Um, She is really one of the the nation's leading experts in um, hormones, female hormones, um, birth control. And she's the author of the book Beyond the Pill. Um, Such a great book. I mean, we really don't see a lot of good books, a lot of great information out there focused on, um, you know, all things female health, Um, you know, everything from menstruation to birth control to, um, you know, PCOS and all of now just the hormonal imbalances that are happening, not only with, um, with, um, you know, women as they're going through menopause and things like that, but it's happening younger and younger where younger, um, younger ladies and women are experiencing all kinds of hormonal imbalances and we're going to talk to Dr. Jolene Brighton today who's an expert in this area and um, she is just that book Beyond the Pill has taken off Um, I I see it everywhere people are really embracing it and realizing that it's got a lot of really good information for um, for women and you know here's the thing hormones run our lives right and for men and women not just women men and women and and your hormones need to be, they, they, they take a beating, right? Because stress, stress is going to affect your hormones. And so what happens is in today's high-paced, high-stressed world, um, our hormones are, are getting out of whack for both men and women. And the end result can be really, can be uncomfortable and it can be serious. Um, everything from, you know, sleep disturbances to anxiety, mood disorders, um, you know, premature aging, um, you know, uh, irregular periods, all of these things, fertility, all of these things um, that can be managed if you are managing your diet correctly and things like that. And then what I love about Dr. Brighton's work is that she has just nailed it. She's really nailed the whole approach to feminine balance, keeping your hormones balanced, making sure that um, 
you're not you're not neglecting your hormones and you're looking at your 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 whole life and saying, okay, I'm overstressed. Um, I may be young and I'm not feeling well. Um, you know, I'm having weight management issues. Uh, all these symptoms are coming up, anxiety, depression, sleep, skin. Um, so many of these symptoms that are kind of uh, unexplainable often can be looked at through the lens of female hormones and how is it affecting you and how can and how and what can you do to actually bring better balance to your hormones and to your life. So um, I do want to let everybody know that Dr. Brighton's website, uh, if you want to check it out, because I want to invite you to check it out, is Dr. Brighton, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-N dot com, Dr. Brighton dot com. And um, super excited she's going to be joining us here soon. For now, I just want to remind everybody that we are on Facebook, Body Talk Radio on Facebook. Go give us a like, join us. That's where you're going to find out who the guests are, when they're coming on all that stuff and you can go to the website which is bodytalkradio.com and become a VIP listener so that you're getting our emails and and hearing about all the cool things we have going on. So I'm going to go say hello to Dr. Brighton. Hello Dr. Brighton. Hi. Yay, you're here. Well, um my goodness, you are so popular. You have so many people um from my community and your community that have have, have checked in with me to say, "Hey, we're here listening to Dr. Brighton." So, I'm so glad that you took time out today for our community. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat. Yes, well, uh, thank you because the information that you have is life-changing and it's also so 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 important. And I was just talking to my audience a little bit for the past few minutes um in basically kind of um letting them know about your book um Beyond the Pill and and what a huge hit that has been and just how the you know when you think of hormones, often you think of women and you think of menopause and you think of slowly with age, descending hormones, right? And it's supposed to be this sort of natural progression. Today, we're seeing a whole different picture with female hormones. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That is for sure. There's more artificial in- interventions than we've ever seen before. Yeah, there's a lot going on that's affecting hormones. And we're seeing this whole the younger generation of people who are just searching for answers because they've just got all these 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 things going on related to hormone imbalances. So I'd love to hear from you if you could just tell us a little bit about why, in general, Hormones are such an issue for, and not just women. I mean, obviously men too, but we're talking about women today. So, yeah, totally. Right? We can do like andropause another day or talk men another day, but today it's like this is what you do. This is your specialty and you're brilliant at it. So, just tell us. So, I want the audience to understand what's going on that's messing with people's hormones. Oh, there is so much messing with our hormones that we don't even recognize. So there's some of the obvious things like environmental toxins. So Mm -hmm. for sure, we've got way more plastic in our environment. And Mm. even if you are avoiding plastic water bottles, not microwaving in plastic, thank you. Firstly, thank you. Um, (laughs) But there's also our water supply that is Mm. inundated. I mean, it's so silly that humans ever thought we could throw a bunch of garbage in the ocean and that wouldn't come back to bite us. Like, there it is. So there's environmental toxins by way of plastics, personal care products and then certainly the foods that we eat that can mm. impact our hormones. Those are mm. known as xenoestrogens. They Correct. mimic all the worst things about estrogen basically. It's like estrogen but the part you hate, okay? Mm. It's not like the good stuff you make. Love now, it. The other <laughs> 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 now the other issue is that um 
there are more things impacting our microbiome and our mitochondrial health than we've ever seen. So sure, there is the environmental toxins, but there's also the declining nutrients in our food supply. And there's the additional issue of antibiotics and medications, which maybe you've taken, maybe you haven't, but your neighbor neighbor may have. And now we're finding those in our water supply wow. as well. But, you know, one of the most, I think, sneaky things that messes with our hormones that we don't even know about, and no, it's not going to be stressed, you guys, because you would I will if I said that, right. is light pollution. So I talk about this in Beyond the Pill, how in the 1970s, they uh, made observations and there were studies that said light pollution messes with our menstrual cycle and can delay ovulation and mess with ovulation. Mm. And you guys, that was way before we had as much light pollution that we do now and way before we were all walking around mm. with little computers in our hands and blue mm-hmm. screens every single day mm. being exposed to that. And so this is one environmental stressor that can impact your hormones. So when we talk about how to balance your hormones, that's why it's never just one thing and we mm. have to talk about the really the holistic perspective of what you eat, what you think, how you move, where mm. where you're at in your environment altogether, the things mm. that you're exposed to, and um, you know, certainly what medications have you been on and mm. hormonal birth control is one of those that can impact your health in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, and, and I, I just the the fact that you wrote a book called Beyond the Pill I mean, when most women, especially young women today, but not even so older women or women that have daughters, they look at that and they just say, I need to read that because they're, let's face it, so, so many people are on the pill at some point in their lives. And, but there's never that discussion of what really is it when you're on the pill? Like those are synthetic hormones and, and what perhaps could that be doing to your body? So you chose the title Beyond the Pill. Tell me why. Mm, yeah, so I chose Beyond the Pill. This book was always Beyond the Pill in my mind. Mm. Um, and some of you may have come across Ditch the Pill because my publishers did name it that at one point. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. That's not me. And I don't tell women what to do with their bodies. Love like, it. That's old story. We don't need that anymore. But um, And that's not because my publishers are bad. They're awesome. Yeah, okay? of course. Um, but Beyond the Pill is because I, in my clinical practice and in my experience as a woman, if you have a period problem or a lady part problem of any kind that's related to your hormones, you're offered hormonal birth control. That's mm-hmm. it. End of that's discussion. Right. Pill patch, ring, IUD, put in a shot, have an implant, like you name it. Mm-hmm. If it's synthetic, let's give it to you because better living through chemistry. Mm-hmm. Somehow mankind thinks they know better than mama nature <laughs> and they always get it wrong when they think that. So you know, beyond the pill is really that I wanted to give you root cause solutions beyond birth control. That when it comes to symptoms of hormone imbalance, and I take you through, you know, how does the menstrual cycle work? What are your key hormones? What do they do in your body? And when you have imbalances, what does that mean? Because these signs and symptoms, they're actually little clues that can help you serve your body better. It's mm-hmm. your ba- body's way of communicating to you. So mm-hmm. it's beyond the pill so you get solutions beyond birth control. I know you can always have that solution if you want it, but... I wanted to give you something else. And I also wanted you to know there's life beyond birth control because a lot of women stay on it and they feel 
stuck on it for years mm. on end because they're so afraid to come off. And right. if I did my job right in the book, I dispelled a lot of the fears that happen in women's medicine. I think we make way too many fear-based decisions in women's medicine. Mm. And women are smart. They just need to be given all of the information so that mm. they can make the best decision for themselves. Mm. That's so, so true. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. Now, um, you that some questions have come in for you and mm-hmm. I'm just going to trickle them to you a little bit and then as you want to you know expand or talk about anything just let me know but I want to try to get through some of these um one of them is a a um a woman who who seems to be a young woman who said that she has been put on the pill for PCOS and mm-hmm. she wants to know if that is the best solution basically So birth control is not a root cause solution to any hormone issue that you have. And I want women to understand this. It was designed and developed to space pregnancies, delay pregnancies, and now it just prevents women getting pregnant altogether, which Mm. yay that we have this technology. Mm. However, it works by shutting down brain ovarian communication. Why this is a problem and, and really a big disservice to PCOS women is that often they present with irregular periods and without questioning why, doing their due diligence to investigate or helping a woman understand what's going on, they give her a pill and then they say, congratulations, now you're having a regular period. But you're not having a period. You're having a medication-induced withdrawal bleed. And the big issue, why does this get so confusing? Because we've been so focused on the period as if that is what a menstrual cycle is about. And in Mm. fact, the menstrual cycle is about ovulation. Mm. Like the whole goal, because even while you bleed, you are having your period, you're getting ready to ovulate. That's Mm -hmm. the entire focus of this cycle. Yes. Now with PCOS women, as I talk about in chapter eight of my book, Mm -hmm. it's downright dangerous to pass them the pill without any discussion what's going on. Mm. PCOS is not a hormone imbalance condition. It is a metabolic condition driven by inflammation and insulin dysregulation that leads to hormonal imbalance symptoms. So Mm. the hormones are symptoms of the metabolic issue that's there. Now, women with PCOS are at higher risk for cardiovascular disease, Mm -hmm. diabetes, Mm -hmm. high cholesterol, high blood pressure, Mm -hmm. inflammation, all these things that hormonal birth control also raises the risk for. And so Mm. if you have a PCOS, PCOS woman, you one, need to, well, you need to first figure out if she has PCOS. I mean, that's step one before you pass her the pill. And you need to counsel her that Mm -hmm. her issues are actually rooted in, uh, you know, these, these basically metabolic issues that means that diet and lifestyle strategies are absolutely paramount. Dropping inflammation is absolutely necessary. And she is at higher risk for the things that are big and scary with hormonal birth control. We need to test her and monitor her and not just dismiss her because we gave her a regular bleed. Mm. You are amazing. That's such, such (laughs) great. You really are. Such great advice already coming from our first 10 minutes together. Um, I want everybody to know that Dr. Brighton's, you got to check out her website because it's amazing. Uh, of course, as you can tell how amazing she is. Um, it's Dr. Brighton, dot com. There she has the book. Um, again, it's just taken off across the country. People are going crazy for it because, because she is, her perspective is changing lives. So Dr. Brighton, we have to take a quick break in here from our sponsors. So if you could just hang tight, we're going to be back here um, just after we, we take a quick break. 
All right, everybody, we are back, and I'm so glad you're all joining us today. We are with Dr. Jolene Brighton from drbrighton.com. Dr. Brighton is an expert in all things female hormones, including what you do, um, birth control options. And that's kind of what we're talking about today, um, female hormones, and then just this whole idea about we are bombarded with assaults on our on our on our on our bodies today just given the high stress high paced lifestyles that we're living and so um, experts like dr brighton are here sharing the messages that 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 give you options so that you aren't just having to submit to taking a pill or whatever if, if something's out of balance so dr brighton welcome back to the show i'm so glad to be back thank you thank you so much so um you have the book Beyond the Pill, and it's it's been a wild, wild success for many, many reasons. But I think because you're speaking sense, you speak sense that makes sense to people that they really haven't heard in the past. So it's all kind of like what people need to hear, and it's also giving them tools and solutions for moving forward. Um, a question came in about supplements, and they are wanting to know about can you address, can you basically address the thyroid Naturally, if so, they want to know what supplements you would recommend. Mm-hmm. And it really depends. So, when it comes to hypothyroidism within the United States, the number one cause is an autoimmune condition known as Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Yes. If a significant portion of your thyroid has been destroyed by your immune system, that may require you to be on thyroid medication. Now, I want women to understand that thyroid medication, these are natural thyroid hormones or synthetic ones, but either way, these are hormones that are non-negotiable for life, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not like you were never born needing synthetic progestin, but you were absolutely born in utero before you were born, you needed thyroid hormones. So mm-hmm. it may be a situation that you do need thyroid hormone with the most common prescription being levothyroxine. Mm-hmm. Now, levothyroxine is a synthetic T4. That's inactive thyroid hormone, and your body is then going to have to activate it. And why I wanted to start with that is because we need to convert it to T3, and this will help guide you whether you're on a thyroid medication or off to really optimize your utilization of thyroid hormone. Now, if you are somebody who has you know, let's say an iodine deficiency, that could, that can cause uh, hypothyroidism, much less common, but still a necessary nutrient when it has to be kept in balance with selenium. Mm. So selenium is another excellent nutrient just for the production of thyroid hormone, as are B vitamins like B2, B3, B6, vitamin C, vitamin D, and also you're going to need an amino acid called tyrosine to be able to synthesize your own thyroid hormone. So looking for a supplement that has these ingredients and avoiding ones that are too high in iodine and especially without selenium because if it is Hashimoto's, there is substantial research showing that pushing iodine levels in when you have a selenium deficiency can drive autoimmunity, which means more destruction on your thyroid and a higher potential that you do require mm. a medication. Mm. Now, in addition, if you're on levothyroxine or if you're on like Natrothyroid Armor or something on those lines, or you're just wanting to help convert that T4 into active T3, you're going to need selenium and zinc. Now, it's really important to know that hormonal birth control depletes many of these nutrients. So if you're on hormonal birth control now, it's why I say mm. we need to have a quality multivitamin or pre 
prenatal because mm-hmm. we need to make sure we're replenishing nutrient stores. But selenium and zinc are two key minerals that will help you activate your thyroid hormone. And then we need zinc again plus vitamin A to get that thyroid hormone into the cell. So looking for supplements that have those things, but also understanding that you can also bring in food sources of these items. And I really think it's best if you are using foods plus supplements. Um, If you're familiar with me, you know I have a thyroid support kit. I have my own thyroid support supplement, but it's something that I also have a lot of education at drbrighton.com about how to eat to optimize your thyroid function as well. It really works best when you marry the two. That's amazing. I was just looking at your website and I see your your thyroid support kit. It's brilliant and it's got really great reviews. Um, so this is great. You've taken all of the things that you educate on, all of the, everything that you've learned, and then you have put together the solutions to help people to be able to do it naturally. And it's so, so, so impressive. Um, well, thank you. Yes, so of course. No, absolutely. So um, let's talk about, let's see, unless you have something, if you have something that you, you obviously want to you know, say to our community, just just grab me. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep pulling questions. I just wanted our community to hear hear from you because um, there's been such high interest. Um, yeah, I think that's great. And let's answer as many questions as we can for people. Okay, awesome. Okay, so um, oh, this someone wants to know what is post birth control syndrome. Mm, so post birth control syndrome is the collection the collection of signs and symptoms that arise about four to six months after stopping birth control. For okay. some women, it's sooner. For some women, it's later. I mean, I've seen women who, you know, it's been years later, and it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of the fallout that's been happening from stopping birth control. And as they talk about in Beyond the Pill, there's an entire chapter. This is the first book ever written that has this entire chapter dedicated to understanding that, and then mm. provides you protocols so that you don't have to be fearful of post-birth control syndrome as you come off. Now, as I talk about, it can be the return of symptoms that you had before. They usually come back with a vengeance, especially Mm. acne, or it can be the new onset of symptoms. And perhaps the birth control was masking something that was brewing, and when you stopped, it became very apparent. But Mm. for some women with post-birth control syndrome, and many of them I see, the brand new symptoms that they've never experienced before. And when you understand that hormonal birth control impacts every single system in your body, although it's only designed for reproductive interventions, Mm -hmm. it does impact your gut, your thyroid, your libido, for sure. We all know that because of by way of your liver. Um, And, you know, it can impact, you know, your gut health, your detoxification pathways, so that when you come off, you can have really issues coming up with any of those systems. So perhaps you have new onset of migraines and other neurological issues like brain fog, Uh. or maybe you stop hormonal birth control, and now you're breaking out like a teenager, but as a teenager, you never even had acne to begin with. Yeah, amazing, right? And and so with, when you're in that place, so because there's a lot of people that are, are going to read your book and they're going to want to come off the pill. Um, and in doing that, and they have this this post syndrome, what do you what do you usually recommend? Mm, so there is five fundamentals to the Brighton Protocol that I go over in Beyond the Pill. Okay. And so with that, as I said, we've got to have that food and that lifestyle really as yeah. the foundation. Mm. But you're not going to necessarily be able to out-diet the nutrient depletions of hormonal birth control. Right. And that's why we need to bring on a multivitamin, a prenatal, and a whole food diet mm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, as we make that transition, before we make the transition, or if you've already come off. So we have to rebuild those 
nutrient stores. And for people listening, you can go to beyondthepillbook.com and grab some bonuses there. One of them is a nutrient depletion guide. So it takes you through all of the nutrients birth control depletes and where you can find them in your food to start eating them. Amazing. I mean, just that alone, right? And because people don't think about those things. It's not something that they really are told when they go on the pill that there's these nutrient depletions that are happening. And, um, and, and so that's, that alone is just such amazing information to put out there to everybody. And so if they want to go and get the book and get those bonuses, where should they go? Yeah, well, you can go to beyondthepillbook.com. You can grab it. You can buy your book, buy the book on my website, or you can buy it. I mean, most people like to buy it on Amazon these days. Yeah. Um, or at your local bookstore. That would make me really happy. But wherever uh-huh. you buy it in the world, in any version, whether it's the ebook, the audible, or the hardcover book, you can grab these bonuses at beyondthepillbook.com. Oh, and gotcha. There's also lab guides there. There's recipes. There's all kinds of goodies in there to really help support you on your journey. Okay. Now, the other... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. Go, go right ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the other parts of the uh, protocol. So we talked about replenishing nutrient stores. Mm-hmm. We also need to identify your hormone imbalance because mm-hmm. not every woman will have an estrogen issue. It might be cortisol. It might be thyroid, as we've been talking about. And in mm-hmm. Chapter 1 of the book, you'll take a quiz. It will tell you, okay, here's what's likely going on, and then direct you into go to this section of the book. This is where your protocol lives so that you can start to optimize your health now. Oh, that's incredible. I love it. Now, the, yeah, well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> so, like, the other section uh, of the book, the gut check chapter, really goes into how to heal your gut. And every woman who has hormone imbalance or the fear of hormone imbalance needs to work on their gut health. And so, as I said, you know, hormonal birth control, it can hit your gut in a negative way, as in, you know, lowering microbial diversity, so not enough of the good gut bugs, causing intestinal hyperpermeability. This is one way that it may be, you know, driving us towards autoimmunity for those of us who have the genetic predisposition. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, we need to really nourish the gut. We need to eliminate things that are, you know, they, they're a little gut Haters, things like non-steroidal anti-inflammatory mm. drugs, antibiotics if they're not necessary, but also if you have food sensitivities, you need to pull those out for a period of time. And we need to work on helping you to enhance absorption and really set up the whole terrain that if you're bringing in those probiotics, that they want to stick around and they want to live there. So um, I teach you how to do that in the book with, you know, there's lots of protocols in there, but there's also mm. a meal plan and recipes to go with it. I'm a total foodie so these recipes are really delicious at least I think so Um, and in the first two weeks of that meal plan you're going to be focusing a lot on supporting liver detoxification this isn't because your body can't eliminate those synthetic estrogen and progestins on their own. The issue is that your liver takes a really big hit, your gut takes a really big hit, your gallbladder takes a really big hit while you're on hormonal birth control. And we need to love them up because mm-hmm. they'll optimize your hormones, get you into the right estrogen metabolite so mm-hmm. that it's not just about total estrogen, but also making sure it's the right balance of that. And that's really step four of the birth control hormone detox. And mm-hmm. everything you'll learn in the book is moving you towards repairing the metabolic mayhem that happens while you're on hormonal birth control and can exist after. So the study Mm. came out and showed that if you spend six months or more on hormonal birth control, you're 35% more likely to develop diabetes when you enter menopause. So that tells us we've got some work to do. If you've Mm. ever taken hormonal birth control, there's some work to do with this. And so repairing the metabolic mayhem, dropping inflammation, optimizing your uh, cholesterol 
cholesterol levels and making sure that you're not at that cardiovascular uh, risk is really, really important. It's so true. And people don't think about the cardio- cardiovascular risks associated as well. And that's so, it's so awesome that you, you cover all that. And you brought up a word inflammation too. So um, someone had asked a question and said that their doctor had told them that inflammation was a big part of infertility. Um, mm-hmm. is, is that something you can speak to? Oh, yeah. So here's the thing that uh, for everybody listening, frame it like this. Um, mm-hmm. If your body perceives that the environment is not safe, it will shut down reproductive health in, in name of survival. Mm, and sure. what is that survival mechanism? Let's move away from progesterone and let's signal to make more cortisol. Well, if you're inflamed, then you're going to make more cortisol to drop that inflammation at the expense of your progesterone, which is an important mm. pregnancy hormone. But in addition to that, we can see that there are issues when there's inflammation present, even uh, blood sugar dysregulation or nutrient depletion present, uh, present mm-hmm. that it can be harder to become pregnant and to maintain that pregnancy. Mm, that's so true. And and is this something that you address in your programs or your book, um, Fertility? Is that a, is that, do you have a program for mm-hmm. that? Yeah, there's a whole chapter in my book on Ooh. fertility and it's oh libido and fertility. And I've had so many women say, wait, but like, what if I want to have sex and I want a libido, but I don't want to have a baby? Spoiler alert, you've <laughs> got to be fertile while you're in your fertile years to have optimal hormones. Again, right. the main event is ovulation. Ovulation is how you get your progesterone to come around and you feel happy and love mm-hmm. with your life. So mm-hmm. it's very, very important that we are fertile. Whether or not you want to have a baby, totally your choice. Mm-hmm. Right. I love it. It, it. Again, makes so much sense. Um, love the way you put that. Well, someone did have a question about libido. Um, so, is, in, and again, they, th- this person is saying, do you have supplements for libido? Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things we have to look at, and I go through this in my book, is like, why is your libido low? Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, yep. if you have a partner that you're not in love with, or you're having a lot of friction, you're just not into them, mm-hmm. then there's no amount of supplements that you can right. take for that. You have to address that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really important to recognize that libido can be rooted in a lot of things for women. We are com- so we are true. complicated creatures, and that's a, that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. so with that, as I talk about in my book, like, you have to understand that while on hormonal birth control, it actually alters the genetic expression of a protein called sex hormone binding globulin that grabs onto the testosterone. And testosterone is important for a lot of things, but libido is one of those. And when you come off of birth control, researchers have found those levels don't drop. So sex hormone binding globulin is not going to just go back to normal. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they think like, nah, she just might not have a libido then. But clinically, I found that by way of signaling to the liver uh, with the same protocols you're going to find in Beyond the Pill, you can reduce the sex hormone binding globulin mm-hmm. and you can get those uh, those healthy libido levels up. Mm-hmm. Now, if you really want, like, you know, the really surprising thing when I tell people this is like, usually if women are struggling with uh, libido, Something in my practice that I'll use, I'll use my Balanced Women's Hormone Support Supplement so we mm-hmm. can optimize sure. estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, mm-hmm. and we're going to bring in adrenal support. And women are like, 
why are you giving me adrenal stuff? I want my libido. Remember, your body will shut down any means of making a baby if it feels unsafe. And if those adrenal mm-hmm. glands are firing off cortisol, right. that can also be a problem with your libido. So we support the adrenal glands and bring in healthy doses of B vitamins and vitamin C. Vitamin C help and B vitamins help with all of our hormones, but they also help with a healthy adrenal function as well. And sometimes what we could just take that wired, tired, you know, sensation away um, Mm. by way of working with the physiology, then we find that we freed up more energy and we have a lot more interest and desire. Makes sense. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I think what we need to do is go take our second break. If you can just hang tight, Dr. Brighton and everybody else, Mm -hmm. we're going to take our second break and then we'll come back because we have some more questions. We're here, everybody, with Dr. Jolene Brighton, drbrighton.com, beyondthepill.com. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. We are back today with Dr. Jolene Brighton, author of Beyond the Pill. Oh, and I want to tell everybody, you got to go find her on Instagram because, wow, does she have a following. And she's also kind of fun, as in case you haven't heard. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Of course, of course. We're so glad you're here today. Everybody's really um, excited to have you here. And another question just came in, and they wanted to ask about, um, okay, in, uh, the arm implant for, is it safe, the arm implant for birth control? Are you familiar well, with that? Yeah, yeah. So um, the, you know, arm implant, my, my caution with, like, implants and things like this is that, you know, you're going to have to have a minor surgery procedure to have that put in, which also means you can't just get it out on your own, which is different from like the pill where you can just stop it. So that's one consideration. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is quite effective. So it's it's up Mm -hmm. there in the 99% effective rate and it lasts um, several years. So that Mm -hmm. can be nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, with that, women do experience side effects just like any other form of hormonal birth control. And so um, some women experience an increase in acne. Um, For some women, there's new onset of migraines or headaches. And um, their periods might become irregular. And sometimes, you know, with certain forms of birth control, your period can go away altogether. And Mm so when it comes to hormonal birth control, they all have side effects. They all have risk. And so we have to understand that. And we have to understand that, like, you know, when it comes to even non-hormonal birth control options, they also have risks. And so mm-hmm. it's really important that we have conversations with our doctor, not from the lens of, like, generally speaking, but from, you know me, you know my health history and my mm-hmm. family history. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this medical intervention through the lens of what is true for me? Mm. That's great advice. Great advice. Thank you. Um, okay, so... I, um, I, I wanted to bring up the subject of anxiety because mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's sort of a theme across the questions that have come in. It's, it, I, I see the word anxiety over three or four of these questions. So in general, we know that anxiety and hormones can go hand in hand. And I know that there's literally an epidemic of young women today who are experiencing anxiety. What is your advice to them? 
Oh, yeah. So, well, number one is track your cycle and figure out where that anxiety comes up for you. If it's coming up, you know, a week or two before your period with it being like, oh, man, like a few days before my period, that's when my anxiety really hits. There's probably an issue with your progesterone. So it could be that you're not ovulating regularly and consistently, or there could be failure of the corpus luteum, which is a structure left behind that creates progesterone. And progesterone stimulates the GABA receptor in our brain, which helps us oh. feel really chilled out and calm. Um, so with that, it may be a need to get those progesterone levels up, reduce the stress, bring on some vitamin C, some B6, um, maybe even some Vitax coming on board. And while you're working on that issue, you may want to bring in things like you might want to bring in GABA and use that so that mm-hmm. you, you can take the edge off like anxiety is not just uncomfortable it can be downright debilitating Mm -hmm. so i'm very much a fan of like let's do some short-term solutions while we work on that long-term issue and in the chapter of you know take back your or taking back your mood taking control of your anxiety depression that i talk about in beyond the pill i give you a lot of tools for helping combat anxiety like passion flower tincture, bringing in ashwagandha and other um, wonderful adaptogenic herbs Mm -hmm. so that you can really start to feel better sooner than later so you can do Mm -hmm. some of that root cause work. Now, the mm-hmm. other thing is that your anxiety might be stemming from adrenal dysfunction. So it's called HPA dysregulation or mm-hmm. commonly known as adrenal fatigue mm-hmm. in which your brain and your adrenal glands, they're just miscommunicating left and right. Mm-hmm. And with that, they can be spiking cortisol, but also epinephrine and norepinephrine, which hit the brain and tell your brain that there is some reason to freak out. And your brain, <laughs> recognizing that, one, it hasn't really evolved to live with the modern society that we have, but also it, it can't see a tiger, smell a tiger, hear a tiger. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it freaks out a little bit more mm-hmm. because the body's telling them, you know, your brain, you're in danger. And the brain's like, but wait a minute, I don't even know this danger is so unknown. Now I'm really going to freak out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, getting, getting good sleep, absolute, making sure that you're eating regular balanced meals, healthy mm-hmm. fat, protein, and carbohydrates. Best if your carbohydrates are plant-based. Um, that way you maximize your nutrients coming in. Mm-hmm. And um, making sure you have those balanced meals to keep your blood sugar steady. Your blood sugar can play a really big role in all of that. Mm-hmm. And know that if you've got a thyroid condition, autoimmune condition, gut infections, all of these things can lend to anxiety as well. Anxiety mm-hmm. is a symptom and there is a root cause. You need to work mm-hmm. with a root cause provider mm-hmm. like a naturopathic physician or functional medicine doctor to really help you understand what is driving your anxiety. And then you'll probably need a little bit of behavioral change in there as well, which is mm-hmm. where working with a mental health expert can be so, so valuable coupled mm-hmm. with the physiological therapies. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm just while we're still on the subject of anxiety, somebody else asked mm-hmm. the question about can gluten cause anxiety? Oh, for some people, absolutely. And here's okay. the thing that we've come to understand about celiac disease. You know, it's really funny is um, how often I end up going to dinner and somebody there has celiac disease of my friends. And we mm-hmm. were making this joke that we had a group of friends. They all flew into town for a conference in Portland. We all got lunch. Mm-hmm. And it, we're always told celiac disease is so, you know, it's so rare. Yeah. And yet at that table, we had three people with celiac wow. disease out of a group of 10. And yes. I'm like, isn't this interesting? Now, 
know, there's a little bit of a bias because they're in the health space, so yeah. that might be why they gravitated there. Yeah. Um, but with that, we know that new, so when adults present with celiac disease, mm-hmm. it's not the same as children. And we don't tend, so, you know, it's, it's something that's been estimated only one out of three people actually have gut symptoms when they have gluten intolerance or celiac disease. Hmm. But how celiac disease tends to present in adults is with neurological symptoms, Correct. anxiety, brain fog, headaches, migraines. Like we we have to understand that you know your gut and your brain talk a whole lot. There's mm-hmm. a whole nervous system running through your gut, plus the vagus nerves that if gluten is getting your immune system all hot and bothered and you go up with inflammation, then your adrenal glands have to come in to dampen that down. And here comes that epinephrine, norepinephrine again, and we can feel anxious. Okay, I have a question for you, and this is a little bit off. This is coming from me. Um, uh-huh. Do you ever run the Cyrex test for gluten sensitivity? I will run the Cyrex test for gluten sensitivity, but often I am having people cut it out. Like the Still the gold standard is to remove gluten and then to bring it back in. And I test, okay. before we pull gluten in any of my patients, mm-hmm. we always make sure we do celiac markers. You and do. the tricky thing is, is that, um, yeah, because like once it's out, if they feel good, I want to bring them back in, then they're going to feel awful again. Right. So if they're already eating it, which is the only time you can test for it, we run the celiac markers. Those have to be general run-of-the-mill labs because yeah, that's how gastroenterologists communicate. Mm-hmm. And then we can get them over so they can get the biopsy and get the definitive diagnosis, which for everybody listening, the only way to get a definitive diagnosis of celiac disease is to have biopsies biopsy. done by a gastroenterologist. It's that's not correct. fun, but it's so necessary to know what you're working with. It really is. And I, I, I know the majority of the people who have celiac don't even know it. So oh, I mean, yeah. the numbers are so skewed there. Um, gluten is a tricky, it's a tricky, tricky thing because it's it, it's in everything. And people feel, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes people are just feeling subpar. They're not feeling well and they don't associate it to something that they're eating. And gluten, um, I, I like that you mentioned that you, you remove people off of it altogether. And, and the test really is, how do you feel? I'm willing to tell you that just about everybody who I've known who has removed gluten from their diet entirely, which is not easy to do, they have to really understand and know what they're doing, um, they feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there seems to be something different, too, um, in the United States versus other countries where... Oh, yeah. I mean, you probably have friends that we, we all know people, and mm-hmm. I've had patients who, you know, they have gluten in the United States, and they are sick. Like, mm. they do not feel well. I'm somebody that, like, if I get gluten, it feels like someone put crowbars into my joints and tries <sighs> to pull them apart because I have Hashimoto's, and that's where, like, my symptoms will show up. It's, like, excruciating joint pain. Mm. And yet, when I find myself overseas, like, I can actually eat gluten in certain countries as long as it's not processed and it's like it's basically artisan is what we would call it here. Mm-hmm. There they just call it food. Um, and so with that, like it, it doesn't seem to be ubiquitous. And part of the issue may be that we spray our food with pesticides right before we eat it, which yeah, like who does think, that and thinks it's a good idea, right? Like, who, um, geez, oh my. Yeah, but the other thing is that like we have hybridized wheat to be a, like much more rich in gluten mm. content. Whereas mm. like if you go to France mm. um, and they're going to make a certain pastry or bread, mm-hmm. all of that gluten protein would mm. ruin the recipe. So mm. that it's actually different to, uh, types of flours that they're using there as well. So well, I think... People do, oh, yeah. No, I was just gonna say, people do report when they travel abroad. Even people who don't do well on gluten here, they go there and say, "Oh, I wanted to really enjoy the food in Italy or France or whatever." Have that croissant.
croissant, but it didn't bother me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They said they do have a different experience. I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it has, it lends the question of like, is it just gluten or is it like too much gluten or is it the pesticides being there? Like, what is it that's really driving all this? But, you know, it's very rare that you find people who remove gluten and don't feel better. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that I have done tests on lots of patients who their food sensitivity tests, even the Cyrex array will right. not show any gluten reactivity, but they swear if they eat it, they feel yes. awful. And these are not people placeboing themselves. Because I've heard they're that. like, I love pasta. I love pizza. Like they're right. sad to yeah. cut it out. And so it's not just a placebo thing. And so that's something that's really important for people to understand is that our our understanding right now around what's going on, we're in the very early stages. So the tests are not going to always pick up everything for mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. But you testing what is true for you, like mm-hmm. I teach you how to do in the book, that is going to give you a lot of data. Mm-hmm. Mm, for sure. No, I, the book's amazing. I mean, it really, really is. It doesn't just talk about, you know, the pill. I mean, there's just so many good things in there about living your personal best and being your healthiest. And it's really, 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 really well done. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. So we have, Dr. Brighton, about three minutes left, and we have lots of questions left. So, um the one that I wanted to just throw at you really quickly is because this person has seemed to ask it a few times, and that is um, when they take progest- progesterone, they seem to get mm-hmm. depressed. Mm, Any thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, so that can be a symptom of excess progesterone. The dose might be too high. Okay. And then I would also question, is it topical or is it oral? And you may have to change that. And you may also have to look at, if it's a bioidentical, how it's being compounded. If you are taking a pharmaceutical bioidentical, Mm -hmm. Prometrium, that Mm -hmm. is based in peanut oil, and that peanut oil I've seen patients react to and and not feel well with. So you Mm -hmm. may have to change the dose, or you may have to change uh, the form that it's being delivered. Oral uh, progesterone, we tend to use that when women are anxious and also can't fall asleep at night Mm -hmm. because it can really help with that. Mm -hmm. But that also lends itself to, it can also make you feel a little bit bluesy. And that Mm -hmm. is a, that's a symptom of too much progesterone. And while your doctor may say to you, oh, this is a moderate dose or a low dose. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've done that with patients. I'm like, this is a low dose, but obviously not for you. Just monitor. Let's go ahead and bring it down. Yeah. Okay, good. And that's good to know. And one of the other things that um, I'm just going to ask because I've heard it is, when people take progesterone, they get excess belly fat. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, sometimes we can see that be the case. And that's when I start to look at, okay, well, if you're if you're taking just progesterone, what else is going with your uh, going on with your other hormones as well? And so sometimes the reason why women need progesterone is because of that cortisol issue going on. And mm-hmm. so cortisol will cause belly fat. And so instead of addressing the root oh. cause, which is that HPA dysregulation, mm-hmm. someone came in with progesterone, and that can make you feel better in the short term, but you're mm-hmm. not really addressing the root cause of that. Mm-hmm. And then you know certainly there may be other metabolic issues taking place as well, but that. That's not a super common side effect that we see mm. from progesterone. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Good. And then um, one final thing. I know that all everything we've talked about today really covers the whole spectrum of, of 
of women all the way from young teenage years all the way going past and beyond menopause um and the the idea of hormone balance for brain function and helping women to age better and have better cognitive functioning as they age is that something that you address in anything or plan on doing in the future Oh, yeah, for sure. I was actually just in Mark Hyman's Broken Brain documentary talking about Mm -hmm. this. I love this topic. Right. So when you read Beyond the Pill, Mm -hmm. know that the food, the nutrients, all of that, it's meant to optimize your hormones, plus optimize your mitochondrial health. Right. Your mitochondria are concentrated in your brain and your ovaries as Mm -hmm. women. They're everywhere, but they're Mm -hmm. concentrated there. They're the powerhouses of your cells, and when they die, the cells around them and the cells they're in start to die and that's when we see this kind of degeneration Mm -hmm. and know this your progesterone and your estrogen you make protect your brain the synthetic stuff in birth control it causes you to make neurotoxins and likely increases oxidative stress in your brain Oh, that's really, really, really good to know. And so you have all these amazing supplements in your store. Those are all ones that you have cited and sourced to be of the the, the best, um, the, I guess, you know, because we're, we're talking about helping your brain and, and raising your, your estrogen and, and your hormones, prop the, the right hormones. Those are all um, kind of set up to do that and not using the synthetic, right? I guess what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is that uh, we just did, and I'm very proud of this project my team accomplished, is that we took the protocols from Beyond the Pill, and if yeah. you came up with Category A, yeah. um, we actually have a whole page on the website that's like, here's the Category A supplements, here's yeah. the Category B to make it even easier. Oh, great. Because I'm like, when your hormones are out of balance, you don't have time it's to go to the website. Awesome. And um, what I tell people is that, you know, with my supplements, I actually just showed it on Instagram. They're all in my cupboard. I take everything. So what what is in my store is only stuff I feel Mm. comfortable taking myself and my family taking. So my husband takes everything except balance in the prenatal. He doesn't take those two. Those are not for men. My son takes um, our Omega Plus. He takes the Magnesium Plus. Awesome. um, So, you know, we all use these supplements, which is why I'm super, super picky about sourcing. And that's just our policy in the company is that... If I wouldn't give it to my family or take it myself, it does not go out to my Amazing. customers because my customers are not customers. They're people. They're yeah. people who trust me. And I, yeah. I take that very, I, you know, it's a very serious thing for me. You're amazing, Dr. Brighton. I am so grateful for your time today. You're really making a great impact out there. And everybody go go to her website, drbrighton.com. Get her amazing book. And um, again, thank you so much for, for educating our, our community today. Oh, your community's awesome. These <sighs> questions were so good. So oh, good, good on you for like maintaining this amazing crew of women. You guys are brilliant. I loved these questions and thank you so much for everything you're doing in this world to move women's medicine forward. Oh, thank you, Dr. Brighton. I really do. I think it's so, so important and it's my own small way of putting it out there as interviewing great experts like yourself. So thank you for taking the time. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. I'm Alrighty. so happy to have done this. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you.